Hello and welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, Season 5, Episode 4, for Saturday the 4th of February 2023. And coming up this week, Book 1 in my new trilogy is back from my new editor, Claire Cronshaw. I'll let you know what happens next with that. I've been making the final preparations for my BookBub promo, which goes live on Monday. And I've got another writing diary for you. And also, I'm now two-thirds of the way through my new trilogy. I'll be bringing you up to date with how the writing progress is going. And let's start with that today. My weekly word count total this week is 14,617 words. And there's a good reason why that is under 15,000. It's because I've overwritten throughout the rest of the book and I'm now having to peg my chapter lengths back. So if I if I glibly say, oh, I've got another 15,000 words to write next week, I don't mean that. It's actually 14,000 and something and I can't remember what that is. But um, yeah, I'm not writing 15,000 now. It's got to be less than that. Otherwise I'm going to overshoot my 75,000 word target. Now, the writing this week was made up of Monday's words, which was 5,094, Tuesday's words, 4,909, and on Wednesday, I wrote 4,614 words. My total word count is now 51,110. <laughs> I nearly had trouble with that number there. 51,110 words. So that means I am two-thirds of the way through my second trilogy and I am over 50% of the way through the total trilogy the, the three books so that's a pivotal moment we've tipped over to more finished than more started now there will be the customary author diary I'm going to do those right to the end of the book because I actually I found them quite interesting to listen back to how fast it feels that a week goes when you're listening to those segments. It's quite interesting for me, uh, particularly because I'm usually daunted when I sit down on a Monday morning at the thought of having to write all those words. But uh, what I'm going to do for you, though, if you're not listening to those, is to give you a too long, didn't listen version. So in, in this week's diaries, I'm interrupted by the postman three times and the boiler maintenance guy comes, which means I have to change my patterns. I depart from my rigid writing routines twice this week. I end up doing some unscheduled writing on Saturday and listening back to those diaries and checking them. It's just possible I might be a tea addict. There's an awful lot of tea that gets drunk there. <laughs> I do like my tea, but I didn't know I drank that much. So maybe there's uh, a little bit of education there for me too. So yeah, as per usual, this week's diary will be right at the end. When I've said goodbye, it'll just come in at the end and then just you know, play out. But I am going to f finish the book then. What I'll do is uh, when I finish writing this book, I will compile it as a separate episode so that you can either catch it in installments or uh, for those people who are suckers for punishment or gluttons for punishment, I should say, uh, you know, if they want to listen to the whole thing, which will be probably about three hours. I mean, you can start and stop it, of course, but it'll be about three hours. I think it's quite an interesting exercise to go through the writing of an entire book the more I kind of listen back to it the more I think yeah it's probably worth doing this I won't do it again it'll only be done for this book but um you know it'll be a, a moment in history won't it as you can see or hear a book being written as we go along now still writing that book book one came back from Claire Cronshaw this week now just a reminder uh, Claire Cronshaw is my new editor I've paid my deposits for all three installments of this uh, but this this trilogy you'll find claire if you want to check her out at cherryedits.com i find claire's social media excellent because she's constantly posting updates about what her availability is so you can see where those uh, slots were and as as uh you know indie authors 
we often need um, a lot of uh, flexibility with our uh, editors i you know we can't wait for a slot to come up six months nine months time we're turning books around a lot faster than that so i find those availability lists that claire publishes on twitter and on linkedin they're they're excellent and it certainly focused my mind as i saw those slots disappearing i was thinking oh right okay now i better work out when i'm gonna have this second and this third book done by else i'm gonna miss an editing slot and i'm gonna have to wait so it's it's i think it works really well actually but you'll find out more about Claire at cherryedits.com. And I've put the link on this week's show, note, show notes. Now, when you're working with a new editor, you've got to, both of you find the level. And so I said to Claire from the, the get-go, what I don't look at is that track changes document. I've, I've never looked at the track changes document. I, I think I probably got the first one uh, from Helen Fazal ages ago, had a look at what was on it, you know, realize that I didn't need to wade through that. I mean, you'd be a real micromanager if you went, I think you'd be a real micromanager if you went through that. You know, bearing in mind you've employed this person because you you trust their judgments. Uh, you know, my my grammar, my spelling, it's all appalling. Uh, you know, it's, it's good enough to survive, um, but it's not uh, precise. And to be honest with you, I don't care that much you know it's not that's not where my strength lies you know i don't my strength doesn't lie in picking over the words and saying you know should a comma go there or whatever it's not where my strength lies my my strength lies in doing the creative stuff and, and coming up with the ideas and getting the book out so you pay somebody else to take care you know who has got that as a strength um so i signed that over and i'm quite happy to trust that so what i said to claire is what i want is a list of issues that require my attention as an author. So for instance, if I'd spelt where incorrectly, say I'd put were rather than where, you don't need to ask my permission to change that. That's quite clearly a spelling mistake. It's an empirical mistake. There's nothing to discuss there. It's it just it's just wrong and you need to put it right. The same with a bit of punctuation. If I put a comma at the end of a sentence rather than a full stop, that is empirically wrong. You just need to change it. You don't need to run that by me because I'm wrong. I've got something wrong. But there are other things in a book that you do need to discuss with the author because they change the, the the nature of something. You might change the way that something's said. You might use a different term, whatever it is. And, and so what I said to Claire is, you know, I don't need to see track changes. That just overwhelms me. You know, I trust I trust you with that. That's why you're employed as the editor. Uh, what I do want though is is like a list of things that need my attention as the author. And so what Claire's done is she's given me a great version of the document. And there are 60 things that need my attention, which is, you know, about right. When I used to get them back from uh, Julie, when I used to get them back from Helen, that was that was par for the course. You get a load of things that you needed to look at. And it's those 60 things that I want to work through. Those are the things that need my particular attention. Um, um, it was it's really interesting when you work with different editors because uh, what Claire sent me was a video guide and an explanation of, of the document she'd sent me and, and um, you know how she'd done everything she's given me a style guide and things like that now that I've never seen anybody do that before that's a really nice touch for a new editor to go through the documents and to say this is what I've done with this this is what I've done with that and then let me know if you want any feedback which was great so I really appreciated the video guide um, and also the style guide, which I've usually had from, from editors, you usually get a style guide, but uh, it's a great style guide. And I will refer to that when I go through uh, book two. So hopefully I can make as many of the changes that, uh, to, to the sort of, uh, well, the, the style basically, whatever, like for instance, Claire had run something by me to say, um, how do you want to spell all right? Do you want to spell it A-L-R-I-T? 
GHT or A double L all and then write as two separate words. And then she showed me what the various dictionaries said about it. And we made a, a style choice. This is what it's going to be like in this trilogy. And I said, well, go for this one. Um, I, uh, my characters say, oh, my God, oh, my God, uh, a lot in, in the books. Do you want to capitalise God or, or not? And then she sent me the kind of the, um, if you want, the intellectual reasoning for each argument. And then I said, well, let's go with this one. So, so there are things like that. And they go into the style guide so that we remain consistent throughout the book. So I will try when I go through book two to be as consistent with those style guide elements as I can, because that then saves Claire having to go back over old stuff that we've already discussed and agreed. You know, not rather than changing that, she could put her attention and her time elsewhere. And so hopefully, hopefully, I'm not promising anything, Claire, if you're listening, but hopefully by the time you get to book three, you might, you know, you ought to be fairly finessed with those style elements. And that gives the editor more, more time to do ed editing work rather than, De dealing with this this nonsense that you have to deal with right at the beginning so um yeah th that's a great experience now what, what's going to happen what am I going to do with that book now now I'm in the middle of writing a book so I don't have the headspace yet to go back to to book one I'm completely focused on book two um not normally this is uh, normally I would get in a great tangle with this but I, I've really uh, if you've listened for a long time you'll know that when I've been writing a trilogy when I get to book three I'm, I'm i'm like doing the final edit of book one i'm doing the, the second edit of of book two and i'm writing book three and my head's all over the place and so what i've intentionally tried to do with this is to to just pace it a little better so that i can i can get my head around one thing at a time there's no rush to for me to release these books at the moment the first book is is due for release on the 1st of October I might pull that back to the 1st of September it, it'll certainly be ready then but probably the 1st of October I don't have to make a commitment to that until I've got the covers which I'll, I'll mention to you later uh, as soon as I've got the covers in I'll then set the release dates I'll confirm what the release dates are going to be because the moment I got covers I shall be putting pre-release I'll put them on pre-release so I can make some pre-sales before the launch date. Uh, but I can't do that until I've got the covers. And so uh, I'll talk to you about that in a moment or two. So what am I going to do with this, this edit? Right, I'm going to finish book two first. So book two, I'm going to write another 15 chapters. Is that right? No, nine chapters. I'm going to write nine chapters next week. Then I go to Benidorm. When I get back from Benidorm, on the Monday and the Tuesday of the week after I get back from Benidorm, I'll write another six chapters, and that will be the book finished in draft one form. That's book two. At that point, I will go to Claire's edit, and I will work through book one, because that will refresh me, number one, about uh, plot points in book one, so that when I edit book two, if I've got anything wrong, uh, in terms of in terms of the plot and the continuity, then I can put it right when I'm doing my edit of, of book two, but also so that I can try and implement the style guide as much as uh, uh, as much as I can remember. I can implement the style guide. Uh, uh, you know, when I've gone through book one, I'll be fresh when I come to book two to implement the style guide. So it makes sense to do it in that way. Finish writing book two first in first draft form. Go to Claire's edit of book one go through that uh, and you know it, it won't take very long to do that to change the 60 things uh, that that it, it's a day or two's work it, it really depends how serious they are uh, but I, I haven't look, looked at it yet I'm not going to deal with it until I'm done with with, with book two 
and then I will edit book two and that has to be ready for Claire by the 11th of April. I also need to start plotting book three. That's the other thing I got to do. Now, I'm not going to start plotting book three. I was almost tempted to the other day, actually, because uh, in book three, there is going to be, in all this trilogy, there is a strand that runs through in the past, and the past informs what goes on in the present, and your opinions of what goes on in the present, and, and of the characters, too. You get more invested in the characters in the present by hearing about what went on in their past. And I was almost tempted to start laying down the plot for... Uh, the, the past strand because that's always a lot easier for me to write it's very easy to write that and I, and I know who the characters could be that we're following in that in book three I was almost tempted to start that I I may do it but I, I won't come to the present day plot uh, yet uh, even though I have worked it out in my head very unusually I know exactly what's going to happen in this now who did what to whom and you know all that I, I worked it out the other day and um, so I know where this book is going but um, yeah, so I, I, I got to get, there's a lot to do. So finish book two first, that's a priority. Edit, go through Claire's edits of book one and then start to plan book three. So there's, there's a lot goes on in a trilogy. Uh, yeah, you, you know, your head's all over the place. So um, when book two is edited, it will go over to Claire by April the 11th. I'm sure that's the date off the top of my head. That'll be the date that I send it over to her. And then we'll, you know, we'll put book one to bed and then we'll go to um, start planning book three, three, and then we'll write book three, which is due to Claire, I think sometime in, in June, if I remember rightly. So at the rate I'm writing at the moment, that isn't going to be a problem. Interestingly, on Facebook the other day, I don't do an awful lot on, on social media from my writing from a writing point of view it's not hugely important to me but I, I do have a Facebook author page and um, I do seem to have a number of my beta readers I, got, I think I've got about 20 20 or 30 beta readers I can't remember what the current number is no no I tell a lie it's about 20 beta readers and uh, and I just put a little post on yesterday saying how do you prefer the books when it comes to just beta reading them do you do you like them? Do you want them all at once, or do you want a gap? And and from I think there were about five beta readers on there who unanimously agreed that they'd rather have a gap. So again, um, as I get to my final edit, so Claire's been through it. I've been through Claire's changes, and I'm as sure as we can be that that book is good to release. Um, you know, because there's been a lot of pairs of eyes over it. I then let the beta readers have it. And I always liken this to Microsoft releasing a bit of software. It's tested It's tested in the, in the laboratories or wherever they test these things. They've run as many simulations and tests as they can. But until you let it loose on the public, <laughs> you won't know. You won't know for sure that you've got everything. And as soon as the public are crawling all over it, they'll find anything that's wrong with it. You know, anything factually, anything you might have misspelled or anything like that. And that that's where I like to have my beta readers at that point. They're my last check before I release the book. My last chance to spot stuff. That's how I use beta readers, how I like to read, uh, use beta readers. And uh, so that, that so I'll need to start releasing to beta readers. And I'll probably release, I'll either release to beta readers May, June, July, or june july august it depends what my what i decide my release date for the book will be so there's a lot there's a lot going on you know even though i've relaxed a lot uh, i've relaxed my schedule a lot more than i normally would uh you know it's still your head's got to be in a lot of places i'm just trying to compartmentalize the jobs this time you know do one thing at a time then move on to the next thing to try and stop my my brain from getting too frazzled with all of this 
but it's really nice to have this progressing and uh, it's lovely to be making so much progress on this second book which I'm happy with so far it's going well I really feel like we're just bringing the plane into land now uh, with the plot and I, another thing I do like incidentally is um, I, I know I've mentioned this already that I have used Craig Martell's technique uh, uh, yeah Craig Martell yeah that's right his technique from 20 books of 50k Craig says that he writes the, the first of the last chapters so I've written the last chapters, the last chapter in the 70s, and the last chapter in the present day. And I really like that, actually. I really like doing that. I've not done that before. And I, I like it. It works very, very well for me because I know exactly what my direction of travel is and it helps my pacing. So that's something I'm going to continue to do. It really forces you to think, right, how's this going to end? What's the crescendo going to be here? And that's worked very well for me. And I, I think I'll continue doing that. Okay, let's move on from writing and editing to marketing. And on Monday, I've got a BookBub promo. This is for my Sci-Fi 7-pack, and it's a 99p promo. I'm not giving this away for free because there are seven books in there. That book is listed wide, so it's a nice opportunity for me to get some money flowing through Draft the Digital. I was going to say Draft the Digital. Draft the Digital. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. Draft the Digital, Kobo, and Google and Amazon as well, of course. So uh, it's always nice to have a bit of a bit more income coming off those uh, those wide channels. I, I do have a you know drip 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 for those wide channels all the time, but nowhere near as as much as on on, on Amazon. Now I've never done this before, but this is a UK, Canada, and Australia promo only. Six months ago, when I promoted this book, when I got a book bub on this book, uh, it did all right. I, I was really unsure. I think it cost me about $500 or something um, when you added the UK to it. It was only about 170 something this time around. Uh, and I, I'd never done a 99 pence promo on BookBub before. I tried it on, uh, is it Bargain Booksy and maybe e-reader news today? I'd had no, I'd never have results elsewhere with 99p promos. It really don't work for me. Free, free promos work better for me um, on anything but BookBub. And I tried this 99p promo and it was good. It made profit, not a huge amount of profit, but it made profit. And I had some nice paychecks coming in from all those other outlets. And it made, it made me feel good because I, I do like, I, I like earning money wide, but I don't earn enough money wide to go all in wide. So I, I like the I totally agree with the principle of being wide. I know why you should be wide, but I simply don't make enough money wide. I couldn't keep the author business going as profitable as I want to if I didn't keep my thrillers in in KDP Select. I know that makes me vulnerable. I, I know all that, but I can't. I've, I've tried putting them wide. I know I probably haven't waited long enough, but I can't wait that long. I want to be making money, and I could do that with Amazon with my thrillers. So that, that's that's what I do. That's how I do it. Now, I don't know how this promo is going to do. I don't have an awful lot of money to make up. I can't remember what the pounds were, but it's only a hundred, it's a hundred and something. Uh, and, you know, clearly I'd like to make that money back, but removing the US from the equation, I don't know what impact that will make. I'll let you know when we've run it next week. Uh, but uh, at the very least, I'll have some more money coming through the other channels, which is always very nice. Now, as far as Facebook ads are concerned, I'm, I'm going to go dark for a little while on Facebook ads because I'm trying some new things. And when I'm trying new things, I just kind of quite like to get on with it, uh, uh, you know, without reporting back all the time. Now, if there's anything of interest to report, I'll tell you, of course, of course, I'll tell you. But just based on a conversation I had this week, I had some interesting conversations this week with other authors. And 
I was having a conversation the other day and I've just decided to pivot a little with what I'm doing on Facebook ads. What I, what I can tell you, what I can tell you very with great certainty is I do better with box sets. I do much better with box sets and I struggle to sell full price books via Facebook ads. I'm struggling with that. Uh, but box sets, I have no problem with at all. My kind of cost per click is great. I've got, I've just launched a thing last night. My cost per click is currently, it's in the UK, it's going really well. My cost per click is four pence a click, four pence, uh, which is just beautiful. I'm just going to go and check that actually while I'm talking to you, see if that's still four pence a click. But that was, when I checked this morning, that was four pence a click, which is just extraordinary uh, in the UK. Yeah, it's still four pence a click. So the other costs per cost per clicks I'm getting on the other ads are still absolutely fine. I'm getting 14p a click, 11p a click, 12p a click, 11p a click, 18p a click. Uh, that's across uh, five different adverts. So if I just then boil that down, I've got a couple of more expensive ones there because they're new. So there's a couple there just in, in learning, well, they're all in learning mode at the moment, actually, because I changed the audiences last night. So they're veering to uh, more expensive per click. If you think that uh, on a 99p book, what's 35% of 99? 0.99 share 100 times 35. So I make 30, 34, 35 pence from a 99p book, but, but I get huge page reads. So, so you've always got to remember the page reads in this. So um, can I afford 26 pence for a click? Yeah, yes, I can, because if, 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 because I make a lot, I make, I know I make a lot of sales from the clicks. Now you, you get into all the, the stats and things like here. Can I afford 26 p per click? Well, yes, I can if every click leads to a purchase, but I can't if every click doesn't lead to a purchase. So, uh, you know, and not every click is going to lead to a purchase, of course. So 26 is a bit on the high side. I, I, but I know that when I do these cheap box sets, I sell a lot of them. And I also know that I get huge page reads. I, I kind of double my money with the page reads. It's, all, it's almost 50-50. Um, so when I, when I do these, these cheap promos, for every, for every sort of sale you make, for every expenditure you've got, you're, you're making double on the page reads. The page reads are extremely high when you do promos like this. So my page reads are in the hundreds of, of, of thousands, even when I'm not doing brilliantly. So um, yeah, I've got these ticket along and I, I'm just going to keep quiet about my Facebook ads for a little while. I just, I just want to play with them quietly. I don't want to sort of tell you everything I'm doing uh, because it will confuse the life out of you. I, what I'll tell you is how it's going, if it, if, if it kind of works or if I learn anything from it. So I'm going dark on Facebook. You won't hear me talk about Facebook ads just for a little while. With Amazon ads, interestingly, I've got a meeting online tonight with, a, with an Amazon ads manager who takes 50% of the profits. So he's incentivized with the Amazon ads. Now, I'm not sure whether I'm going to do this. I know originally when I bought Matthew's course, Matthew at that time was managing people's ads, Amazon ads. And I went straight to him when I saw, when I worked through the course and said, actually, will you just do this for me, please? I'll, you know, I'm happy to, to pay you monthly or however you work. And uh, he doesn't, take on clients anymore, which is fair enough. And so um, somebody else has come my way uh, who just takes 50% of the profit. So that would mean I pay, I pay the costs of the ads and then whatever profits we make, we go 
we go halves on. So I've got a meeting with this chap tonight online, and that's just something I'm considering. See, what it what it boils down to is I'm very happy to do all the work to set up the ads, but I'm really not an analytics guy. I'm really not. This is it's exactly the same as I was saying with editing, that I like to do the big stuff, the big creative stuff, but it really leaves me cold having to pick through the minutiae of either stats or you know words and grammar and things i'm just not interested it doesn't fire that part of my uh, brain that's not where my strengths lie so um, if you have uh, weaknesses in businesses if you have deficiencies in business which i definitely do rule of thumb is is um, hiring somebody who likes doing that stuff you know who, who really who that excites because we're all we're all kind of different and different things uh, simulate us as far as as far as the work's concerned so i know there's huge resistance with amazon ads but i also want to get amazon ads going desperately and um, you know there's resistance with me going through this second part of uh, matt's uh, training because it's numbers and i hate doing all this sort of nonsense so i am very seriously considering just paying somebody to to take care of it i i'm absolutely sure with the series i've got on the box sets amazon ads ought to work for me they ought to work for me on my Morecambe bay series because i've got nine books you know lots of book box set configurations that ought to work for me on amazon and probably the don't tell meg uh, box set ought to work for me too I don't, i'm not worried about the standalones to be there they're just sideline sales but those are the those are the two products which I think ought to sell on on Amazon via Amazon ads, and I and I can't make them sell via Amazon ads. So I'll have this chat tonight. We'll see how it goes, and I'll let you know if that's something that I sign up to. I do just want to mention because I am wide, and I do submit my wide block books to the Kobo promotions whenever I can. I also um, submit them to the draft the digital promotions whenever they come up, if I've got a book that's uh, eligible for that. I just wanted to give you some numbers with that. So on my Kobo promotions, I've had 69 declined and 57 completed. So if you compare that with the number of bookbub rejections I get, if, if, if it was a rule of thumb, that's, that's largely what, about 45%, 40 to 45% of Kobo promos accepted, whereas with, uh, with with the BookBub ads, it's probably about five to ten percent accepted. It's a, a much different ratio. So it's well worth looking at the promotions that are in Kobo and just constantly uh, you know offering offering your book. So I'm in for a weekend reading campaign in the in Canada and the US. I've put Now You See Her in, which is my only wide thriller. It just doesn't happen to be in any of my compilations. So I'm free to list that one wide and I and I list it wide and I constantly promote it wide in the hope that uh, you, you might read it on Kobo, be desperate to read more of my books or find out more about me. And then you might migrate and read it well, either by a paperback or you might read it on a uh, on another e-reader. You might read it on, um, what's it called? Kindle, on e-Kindle. So, um, you know, that's my kind of cross-fertilization thriller that I use. So at the moment, I'm in for that promo that runs from the 16th of February to the 20th of February. And I've got another submission just pending. I'm waiting for the result on that to see whether they're going to give it to me or not. So it's well worth, I, you know, I don't make a lot of money on Kobo. I wish I did, but I don't. But I do constantly sweat it and work at it to try and do whatever I can on Kobo to get my books promoted and out there. I've got a lot of news for you this week. Let's have a look at the other writing related news that I have for you. Um, I had a, a fascinating exchange with a writing pal this week and, and all these people that I'm talking about, I'm, you know, I'm sorry to be so kind of 
what's the word? Well, to beat around the bush with it, not give you the full details, but there are some conversations with some people you can't sort of share. They're, they're, they're not necessarily confidential, but I just want to kind of keep it largely between ourselves. I want to share the information, but I don't want to tell you who told me. So I had this fascinating exchange with a writing pal this week about digital first publishers. Now you heard me say last week that I was going to state my intention that, that I wanted to get published with Joffa Books and, and Joffa are a digital first publisher of the, of the type that I would be interested in. Now this writing pal has had bites from several digital first publishers and has been in conversation with them and was sharing lots and lots of insider knowledge with me about them. Now, why I'm not going to tell you everything that was discussed. It was incredibly interesting. Needless to say, it sounds like I'm making much more money blundering through on my own devices than I would be going with a digital first publisher. Uh, so I'm going to halt my plans to go elsewhere. Having, having stated that intention only last week, isn't it funny how now I've received additional very interesting information, which makes me think, oh, right, okay, that doesn't sound like it's so good. It sounds like I'm doing better uh, on my own, frankly. Now, I think the gist of it is that there are some authors who do extremely well through these digital first publishers. There's no doubt that they're doing extremely well. But as with traditional publishers, a lot of other authors, many, many other authors, are just going chug, 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 and not doing particularly well. And the author who was speaking to me said that their impression was we could do it better on our own. We know more about it, and we could do, do it better on our own, even, even blundering through as I am. So I got some really interesting information for that. I wish I, I wish I could tell all, but I can't, I'm afraid. But yeah, I'm going to, that, that aspiration for digital first is just going to get parked for a while uh, because um, it, it made me think through that strategy again and that maybe what I need to do is just push through doing it on my own and carrying on as I am. You know, even I've told you about um, earnings. You know, they are above an average author's earnings. They're not anywhere near as high as I would like them to be. I still have aspirations for much better than that. But it sounds like I'm doing okay at the moment, and that uh, you know there isn't going to be a golden goose that will lay a golden egg for me elsewhere. I forgot to tell you, I did this a couple of weeks ago, and I, I keep meaning to put it on the notes and forgetting. I've booked in my cover designer. I booked her in a couple of weeks ago. Now, the lady who does my thriller covers at the moment is Elizabeth Mackey, uh, and I've put her web link on the show notes this week. It's elizabethmackeygraphics.com. That's her website address. So I've booked her in to do the ebook covers first. That will allow me to put my books on pre sale. And then she'll do the paperbacks afterwards when everything's edited and I can give her the final page count and so that she can then calculate the spine widths and get all the, the calculations right. So uh, that that's in motion. I think it's I think it's May I send over the details to her, but I, I'm not in a position to do it yet. I'll get all three done together as a series. Um, and and it's obviously easiest for her to design them all at once. But I, I'm, I, I haven't written my blurb for book three yet. And really, until I've written that blurb for book three, I haven't quite tied the book down. So I don't want to to get the covers done until I've just tied the book down in my head. So that's come, that'll come in May. I'll maybe get the covers end of May, those digital covers. And then as soon as I can, and, and basically by that, I, I'll, I'll book one can go on pre-sale, whatever really. Book two will be in that position, certainly 
let's have a think in May yeah yeah May end of May that I'll be in a position to put books one and two on pre-sale certainly I won't put book three on pre-sale until I know the thing's written and fine and I'm not going to run into any problems that's generally what I like to do with pre-sales but it does make sense and I'll have those books on pre-sale for a couple of months which is great it's quite exciting to see sales uh, going on and remember what I was saying to you last week about not sending my emails out you know I would say to you that in terms of a cutoff date I the, the moment those books go on pre-sale I think that's the thing that forces my hand and makes me it says get you know get emailing people the minute I've got something to sell again which will be they'll be on pre-sale for a couple of months before we sell that's when I'll, I absolutely need to go back to my email list and to be honest with you when I've got that kind of motivation when I'm flogging something it'll probably be okay I'll probably feel all right about it then it's really just now that I'm going on and not I'm not really particularly got that much to talk about so that really is the cutoff point April Mayish, when those book covers arrive so the first email in those monthly emails will probably be here's my plans for the book have a look at the cover something like that that's really where we're going to start I would guess so I can kick that can down the road a little bit further that's really why I'm telling you that I did last week allude to something that I'd done. I'd said I'd done 4,000 words for a secret project at the weekend. And now I'm kind of tied up in a contract with this. I'm sorry to be kind of so uh, circumspect and round about these things. I'm sorry, but you know, sometimes you, you can't divulge everything. But I, I do want to diverge, divulge just some core things about this. I was, I, I was just trying something. Um, you know that I'm looking at doing two... MAs, MLIPs, whatever they're called at universities, uh, potentially from September. And just a reminder, if you just pick it up on this, I've got a place on offer at the University of East Anglia. Uh, incidentally, I got some more insider knowledge. It's, just, it's great doing this podcast. You know, it, you know, it really is good doing this podcast. I got more insider knowledge about the courses the other day, which was, again, fascinating and eye-opening. not going to tell you what the source was, not going to tell you what the information was, but it was fascinating and very timely. But I'm, I've got an offer of a place at University of East Anglia. I've got uh, an application into the Cambridge course. They interview or they invite for interview in February. And then they, I think they do the interviews at the beginning of March. So that's in somebody's pending tray at the moment. I might not get an interview. If I get an interview, I might not get a place. If I get a place, I might not take it up. It's very expensive. It's got to be very, very good to justify going there. So those, those are pending. So notionally at the moment, I might be starting an MA. But what I was also looking at is I was saying, okay, so who does, uh, who does courses? Who does things that are like MAs that would get me in the same place as an MA? The, the purpose of the MA is to improve my writing, to get my writing to a standard where I don't always feel so um, apologetic about it. So, or, but, you know, even, even if it gives me more kind of confidence from, from peer support, but you know clearly I write books clearly enough people buy them for me to be making money and clearly my reviews are okay but I don't feel like I'm a good writer I you know, I think I'm a mediocre okay writer that, that that's how I feel I don't feel I'm a great writer and what I'm about to tell you is another reason why I don't feel like I'm a, a, a good stroke great writer because whenever I've sent uh, manuscripts out on the, on, the, on the occasions when I have I get knockbacks so uh, in terms of a traditional editor uh, saying you know yes that's great we would back that I haven't had that experience uh, and I, I kind of want to have that experience I think now we all know that a self-published authors many self-published authors who are making thousands and thousands of pounds would not get published by traditional uh, booksellers uh, they would not get uh, 
published by traditional companies. Um, and But it doesn't matter because they're selling boatloads of books. People wouldn't sort of touch them traditionally, but it doesn't matter because they're making a fortune. But there's still something in me, that self-doubt, where I just don't feel like the writing is good enough. And to be honest, you know, why would it be? No one's taught me this. I'm self-taught. No, I've, ne I've never done anything where I, somebody sat me down and critique me or anything like that so I'm, I'm self-taught like most of us are and you just take a few shots in the in the dark and hope some of them hit a target and and that's really the story of my writing career I get feedback from editors of course and hopefully you improve the more books you write but I just feel like that uh, I just want to I don't want to move things on really and that's why I'm looking at these MA courses but there are alternatives uh, for instance, Jericho Writers do a course uh, over the course of, I think it's about a year or something, uh, which is about £5,000, uh, you know, a fraction of the price of doing an MA. And then something came up in my feed the other day, is it the Literary Consultancy? They they also do something. And there's a nice review on there from somebody saying, you know, I did an MA and I got far more from this than I did, uh, you know, from my MA. And this is a £2,000 course where you get um, so many sessions, uh, feedback sessions with an editor as you work through your book. You know, so I'm not ruling anything out. I'm not ruling anything in. But something that did occur to me the other day was, uh, how about, just exploring ghostwriting because if you were doing some ghostwriting with psychological thrillers and you would you would then be working with a, a publishing company you would be getting that editorial feedback you would be getting an, an insight into how they structure the plots and things like that and that would be a ongoing learning experience for you but you would get paid for it so I decided to have a go and, and uh, go through the ghostwriting uh, appraisal kind of uh, process can't tell you who it is uh, not going to tell you who it is but um, I just thought that would be interesting so I thought I'd give it a try so I had to do um, basically I had to send a piece of my writing and I sent something from one of the Morecambe Bay books that was uh, you get feedback on that which was great you get pros and cons but it wasn't a deal breaker so they said we want you to do the written exercise and it was very fascinating they sent me kind of their their book structure so I could see how they structure a book and I got their bible for my genre it was it was you know if only for that if, if only for that insight, personally, it was brilliant for me. Um, now, I got paid for the trial. I was paid by the word. I did a 4,000-word trial. But um, I got my I got that back this week, and, and I failed. They, they said uh, they got feedback, pros and cons. And uh, basically, it's quite ironic, this. I thought, right, you know, I'm doing some writing. It needs to be a bit posher than I usually do. So I put more um, a bit more descriptive writing in there that I usually really like on the description. I just, I think, I like books where I, well, description bores me, bores me senseless. So it just gives me, give me a, a little sketch and, you know, my imagination will take care of the rest. So I thought I'd better put a bit more description and be a bit posher. So I put a bit more description in. And that's one of the things they marked me down on. They said too much description and not enough action. So, you know, whatever, um, that's fine. It was a fascinating insight. Uh, they were a great company to deal with, incredibly professional. Uh, it was a really interesting experience for me um and as i say i get I, I get paid for it anyway which was which was great so i wouldn't have i wouldn't have done it if they hadn't paid me for my time but i got i got a knockback and this is kind of this is the this is the thing that you know bothers me all the time what i want to be doing is sending pieces of writing and people saying you know oh yeah you know we, we want to work with you i'm not even sure whether i would have done that i was only exploring it i might not have even done it to be honest with you because i don't really like 
I don't really like the idea of working for other people, even if they're they're paying me. I don't I don't want a job in that sense. And you know, I, I, when I was doing it, I was thinking mm, I'm going to have deadlines and you know, people t telling me I've got to change this, that, and the other, and that and that doesn't really kind of play well to my personality. Um, not that I can't take feedback, but it's it's really more the time thing that that they're setting my time agendas for me. So th I was a bit nervous about that, but I, there was that part of me thinking well it's a great way to get paid to learn uh rather than me rather than me paying to learn this is getting paid to learn so anyhow <laughs> i got knocked back it's all it doesn't matter anyway now but it was a brilliant experience and at, at, at the very least i've got some fantastic documents about what they put in their books and their strategy for my genre and everything like that so it was definitely not a waste of time and it was a great experience interestingly when my wife uh, read the 4,000 words beforehand, she thought it was great. She couldn't wait to read the next bit, which was, you know, interesting because she's not a thriller reader, but she's not an editor, of course. She's a reader, but, you know, whatever, whatever. Uh, but that's the kind of pain in me that what I want to be doing is sending bits of writing off and people sort of saying, hell yeah, that's what I want. And I don't get that from, from editors and kind of posh people who are involved in publishing. And, you know, I know there'll be loads of you listening to this thinking, yeah, but look at the money you're making from your books. But, you know, we've all got those little things, haven't we, in us that we want to solve. And, and that's one of mine. I want to feel like I'm a better writer. Uh, I need to feel like a better writer. That's what I want to feel like. So anyhow, that was an interesting experience. I'm sorry, this is another name I'm not going to give you. I'm so sorry to tease you with all this stuff. I can't. I've been approached by another writing pal to team up for a 12 pack i'll tell you about it when it happens but not now um uh, to team up for a 12 pack of books where we're both going to contribute six books each going to do a 50 50 split going to really hammer it on on the on the facebook ads we've both had success with this and what we're going to eff effectively do is create a new product without writing any new product so by by me putting six of my books in and, and this author putting six of their books in it gives us both a new product which we can thrash without having to write another six books so i'm all up for that i don't care i'm all about the money as you know so that's penciled in for june or july i will put the first of my walk bay trilogy books in there because that will then lead to that could lead to more sales uh, potentially six full price sales and then probably three of my best standalone so that off the top of my head that'll be so many lies a dead of night so i kind of quite like to put now you see her in there but that's uh, i can't put that on amazon exclusive you know that's i can't put that in kdp select so i'll have a I'll have a think about what else goes in there I, I, I potentially i think it would be frustrating if i put the first first episode of don't tell meg in there i think that would be too frustrating for people so I'll, I'll have a think about which of the third standalones i put in there um in an attempt to completely confuse the life out of us MailerLite this week has launched a service i don't know if they've launched it this week but i heard about it this week it's a new service called MailerCheck. it's at mailercheck.com and this is a way of verifying the deliverability of your emails. Now, when I was an internet marketer and we used to swap email, we used to do stuff, you know, build email lists through launches. And then my mate who I used to do the launches with would send me over the list because it was my list too. And I used to run my lists through something called Bright to Verify. That's Bright, B-R-I-T-E, Bright Verify. So I, I, you would just, you would, when you got a new list, so my mate from internet marketing would finish a big launch, we'd have maybe 5,000 people on the list. He'd send me it as a CSV file. 
I would run it through Bright Verify and then I would import it into my email provider. And what Bright Verify did is it basically made sure there weren't any spoof emails in there. There weren't any emails that were sending out to full inboxes. You know, you get hard bounces and soft bounces. It would basically, um, you'd run the whole list through it and it would say, these emails are very dodgy. These have got flags on them. These are all green light and they're great. And then you would import, I generally put the green ones in so it was completely safe. And what that does is it is improves your deliverability, which improves your reputation with your email service provider. So if you've got loads of spam reports or undeliverables on your emails, that would flag up a warning to uh, MailerLite and they might be having words with you. So you want your emails to be from proper email addresses, you want them to get delivered and you don't want these kind of spam flags from MailerLite. That's why you get that. Now, I used to buy Bright Verify, which was a brilliant service, but interestingly, MailerLite now have their own way of doing this, which is which is brilliant. I gave it a try. It was very, very simple. Um, so it's called MailerCheck.com. This might like be no concern to you whatsoever, but it's certainly of interest to me. And so all you've got to do is you've got to take the API out of MailerLite and you just connect it to this uh, MailerCheck. They give you 200 free credits and it very simply just links to your MailerLite account and you say, right, I, I mean, I just tested it because I got 200 free credits. So a couple of smaller lists like my my beta readers, for instance, I, I speak to them through through MailerLite. I ran that list through the new service just to test it. And it's great. It just gives you a, a list of um, just tells you, I think with my, uh, I, I would expect this, but with my beta readers all the emails were great they're all fine all green no problems I, but i would expect that because i got that personal relationship with my with my beta readers whereas i took another list and it came up with three flags on the emails so i'm just telling you this because it might be interesting for you and hopefully a little bit educational as well i mean this is actually something you should do with your email list every time i ever transfer an email list i would run it through bright verify because when i if i if i say i was moving from MailerLite to convertkit i would run it through in the past, I'd have run it through Bright Verify. Now I'm going to run it through this MailerCheck service because it's great. Um, because you don't want to be importing duff emails into a new service because you're building reputation with them. That's why you would do it. So um, I, I found it very interesting. I've linked up to it. I might, before I start emailing, uh, buy the credits to just check my entire list and get weed out the, the, the duffers from there and make sure it's just a really good quality list. Again, you don't want to be paying for duff emails and emails that aren't getting get delivered. You don't want to be paying for that. And that's another reason why you would do this. Um, so, you know, that's great service from MailerLite. It was very easy to use. I really liked it. MailerLite is great as a service. I just, I wish, I wish they'd sort this transfer process out. This this transfer from MailerLite Classic to, to new MailerLite. This is my only bugbear with it. Not with the service. I want to stay with MailerLite. I'm happy with them. What, what my bugbear is, is this this change to the new service. By the way, I have fed back to them. I can't remember. How did I get feedback? Did they send me a survey or something? I got an opportunity. Oh, I know. I know what it was. I got a affiliate survey from MailerLite this week. They were saying, how are we doing? And so what I did, that was an opportunity for me to have a moan about it. So what I did is, look, I said, I've stopped promoting you at the moment because you're managing this transfer process so badly. It's a deal breaker for me. You know, until we sort this out and I can confidently recommend your service again, I'm not going to be 
promoting you. I, I don't feel like I could do that because even I'm not sure that I'm going to stay with you. I can't tell other people to use MailerLite if I'm still not quite sure whether I'm going to stay with you. There's absolutely no doubt I'll stay with MailerLite in terms of the service they provide. No problem with that at all. Totally happy with them. That's really why I'm so put out about this transfer process because I'm completely happy and they've just made me unhappy because of the transfer process. So I have fed back that back to them but I did it as a as an affiliate. That's that's how. It, so hopefully they might listen to that, and hopefully they might get a bit more of that feedback from other MailerLite affiliates. Let's move on to links to share then, and um, I'm going to make this a regular feature. I don't know why I never did this in the old days, but this just feels like a natural thing to do because it's a way of me sharing useful information with you. So. All the links I'm about to mention on this week's show notes, they're, sorry, they're on this week's show notes. Just head for selfpublishingjourneys.com. I'm, I'm giving every new episode a new page on that website at the moment, so you'll have no trouble finding it. The, the web page goes live about five minutes after the podcast is released, so you don't have to hang about. Um, the one thing I have to do retrospectively uh, on a Saturday morning after I've done my part run is I have to, I put the, the little code that I get to, to, to embed the each episode on the web page i can't do that until the website until it's published so i have to do that retrospectively so i, I generally get to that on saturday sometime but all the show notes are there all these links will be there if you head for selfpublishingjourneys.com it's all hyphenated self hyphen publishing hyphen journeys.com and you'll find it very easily there on the front page you'll see the latest episode so let's work through these links Dave Chesson. This is a reshare. I think it was last week or the week before I said that Dave had shared some blog posts on writing a book description. I actually came to this in a roundabout way. I attended a, a book brush webinar which uh, Dave Chesson was running this week and he mentioned a PDF which you can access on that page and, and as I you know what it's like you, you tend to skim read things. I'd missed this. This PDF is well worth downloading. Um, it's you know above and beyond reading the article but i hadn't seen this on, on the article so, so i've put the link to the article but specifically look for this pdf uh, which is non-fiction and fiction at a glance book description formula so you know rather than lots and lots of words this is a nice kind of graphic which i always find much easier to get my head around there's fewer things to read less concentration required that's i respond better to that stuff um but i i'd missed that first time and i'm recommending that you download the pdf because it's really it's really worth keeping uh, handy. I really like that. That's getting printed out and stuck on a board somewhere. And, and I recommend you do the same. I was listening to uh, Dan Wilcox's Activated Authors podcast. He did a session this week on book covers. Um, really enjoyed that podcast. Uh, Dan shared a list of pre-made cover suppliers, most of which I've never heard of. So there's a there's a, a lot that I, I look at and I've bought a few covers in the past. But when Dan was going through this list, I thought, well, I've never heard of that one. I've never heard of that one either. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to share Dan's author notes this week with a full hat tip to Dan for, for compiling these. No, nothing to do with me. I just heard a, an interesting episode on the on his podcast, went for the author notes and thought, oh, I want to check out a few of these. So um, if you go to the show notes this week, you'll see the show note link. And on the show notes, Dan's show notes, you'll see the links to all of those services. He also mentioned a website called Kindle Trends this week. Now, you, you hear of so many different services, don't you? Some some I forget, some I forget I've even looked at in the past. But when I looked at this, uh, I didn't recognise it. You, you probably remember what I've said to you better than I do, but it's kindletrends.com. And it's basically, I think, an alternative to 
Kalytics, a bit like Kalytics. It just brings all the cover data and book data together and things like that. But Dan was talking about it in terms of of covers and researching what's you know big, what colours are, are big for covers uh, in certain genres and things like that. But I don't recall having seen this website. Um, I thought I'd mention it to you. And again, the links on the show notes. It's a paid newsletter. It's um, $15 a month. I don't really like recurring things like that. that I, I prefer to either pay for something for the year. I know it's daft, but I prefer to pay for something for the year. I don't really like monthly recurring. Uh, that's not. I'm not a big fan of that. So uh, I don't know whether I'm going to try it or not, but I share it with you. I might try it for a month, perhaps, but it, it feels very similar to Kalytics, which, of course, doesn't tie you in with that monthly. But it's worth a look. It's definitely worth a look and it might be something that appeals to you and you might be happier paying, say, $15 a month for this newsletter, uh, you know, rather than Kalytics, for instance. So it's it shared with that in mind. So uh, also Venom have shared a link uh, saying about new features that they've added this week. And I just wanted to mention this because Venom have now added attribution link capacity. Um, Amazon attribution links are a pretty new thing. Everybody's having to adjust around that. And Vellum have now added the capacity to put attribution links into your books so that you can track the links in each book and see how much money you're making in sales from each individual book. Now, this is real kind of ninja marketing stuff, because at the moment, of course, you know, I have a I have a set page that has all my the, all my back catalog on. And I have, I've used the Vellum links. You usually just put the um, the ASIN in, if I remember correctly, in Vellum. I haven't done it for a couple of months because I haven't had a new book out. But uh, I think you just put the ASIN in, if I remember correctly. And then when you click on the, the link in, in a Vellum produced book, it will automatically direct you to your local Amazon store. So it, it's really nice and seamless. Now they've adapted that so that you can track those links as well per book. Now that's a lot of work to do. I was just thinking when I saw it, I thought this is great, but it's a lot of work because in theory, if you're going to track everything, you'd have a se separate attribution link in each book. So it's more work, isn't it? Now, I don't know. It's the sort of thing I might put in I might put it in on, on my most popular series, for instance. It's a lot of work. That's all I can say. It's a lot of work to do. So I, I'm going to have to have a think about this, but I'll share that with you, and I'll share the, the page where Vellum explains all about that on the show notes this week. Jane Friedman has written an article on improving your self-editing, and the article is called What If You're New to Writing and Don't Know How to Fix Things? Now, it's on Jane Friedman's site, but the article is written by an editor, Tiffany Yates Martin. And I'm just recommending this because this goes to the heart of my pain about it being just better, just better at writing and better at editing, that constant pain. So this was something that I had a read of and I'll share that with you in case you're interested. Also on the Alliance of Independent Authors blog this week, the ultimate guide to being a hybrid author. Uh, for a long time, I haven't uh, ruled that out. I would I, you know, I very seriously consider being a hybrid author. I'm not sure what that form is going to take after that conversation with uh, the top secret author this week. It's maybe put me off digital first publishers from what I heard. But uh, I wouldn't rule out traditional. Uh, I, you know, if I did the MA, the MLIT, I think my target for that would be to produce a book. I think it, my target specifically would be to, to produce a book which I could confidently ship around uh, literary agents 
that would be the point of me doing that course and for them not to go you know poo poo this isn't the right standard for us for them to to at least be interested for it to pique their interest to be of that quality so that's that's what i would be aiming for if i do next year from september either at emlet or one of these courses that i was talking to you about that would be the purpose of that so i'm interested in that ultimate guide to being a hybrid author i certainly don't rule that out in the future uh, the matthew j holmes weekly spots matthew shared another one of these lovely uh, threads i do i like these threads i find them very readable um when we did internet marketing and i think i've told you this before we the first internet marketing launch i ever did we paid a copywriter ten thousand dollars to write a sales page for us i, I almost died I, I thought we're not even going to make that money back we, we we did we did make that money back lots of times but when when my internet marketing mate told me how much it was i always had a heart attack ten thousand dollars for a copywriter anyhow one of the things that copywriters do on these what, what are called long form sales pages which is what we used to do in internet marketing is they they compel the eye downwards they don't have too much text so they make you read down 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 and interestingly i think that's why these twitter threads work for me because they they work like a long form sales page they're they're very easy to read they've got bullet points and things like that and they compel you to read downwards i think that's why i like them so much anyway matthew's done another one of these i want to share it with you because it's you know as ever i've said to you you don't need to buy anything that matthew does you can frankly just consume his free emails and his twitter feed if you just consume that there's a ton of information on that. Oh, and if you go and find his podcast, which he's not putting new episodes on now, you don't need to buy anything. Um, and I know I shouldn't be telling you that because I'm acting as an affiliate uh, for his for his products, but you don't need to buy anything. There's, there is so much information on the free stuff. So if, if you are uh, bootstrapping, if you can't really afford to buy the course, don't worry about it. Just subscribe, follow him on Twitter, find that old podcast and listen to the old episodes. And what was the other thing? Oh, and subscribe to his emails. There's everything you need in there. There's a ton of information. And on this Twitter thread, which is a new one, it's titled 10 Traps for Self-Published Authors to Avoid if You Want to Advertise Your Books Profitably. It's a great read. Highly recommended. The link is on the show notes. And then the final link for this week is this month's Black Heron ep episode. So uh, this is Sasha Black and Rachel Heron. They meet up once a month and they, they kind of share an episode and they discuss their writing careers. And as you know, um, I've, I always pick and choose interviews on podcasts. I'm very fussy these days about what I listen to. It has to be something that, that resonates with me. I, I tend not to listen to those interviews. Um, I tend to prioritize authors talking about their career, what's going on, what they're earning, what problems they're having, how they're solving issues. And that's what the Black Heron podcast is. I do like both Rachel and Sasha. Uh, they're very entertaining to listen to. They know loads, got great experience. They're, and they're chatting about their writing lives over the past month. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I'll put the direct link to this week's episode, or this month's episode, I should say, uh, on the show notes. And all you need to do, just a reminder, just head over to selfpublishingjourneys.com. Look for this week's episode, which is season five, episode four. And you will find that on the show notes page. In personal news this week, I am heading for Benidorm next week. So I've got to travel down to see my mum in Lincolnshire. What is it? I'm writing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then I'm going to have to do next week's podcast. I'll record that on Wednesday afternoon. So you're going to get, it's a bit funny. You won't have, it'll probably be a shorter one next week, I think, because of that. Then I'm going to drive down to see, to my mum's house on Thursday. We fly out on the Friday. I think we're back 
on the following Wednesday. So we're only there for about five nights, I think, four or five nights. And then I have to drive back from Lincolnshire back to, to Cumbria on the Thursday. So it's going to all be a bit funny next week uh, in terms of timing. And I, obviously I'll get my, my 15,000 words or so done and I'll update you that in next with that in next week's episode but it's likely to be a bit shorter on links and, and extra stuff next week because I, I won't have completed a full week of author work by the time I record it so Benidorm next week looking forward to that that's great it's only a month since I was in Malaga so I, I can't moan about that can I uh, looking forward to that if you want to see um, sort of pics from that you can follow me on Instagram. I have a private Instagram account, so I generally just let people in there that I know or who have a, a good reason for following me. Uh, you know, so if your reason for following me is you've got an OnlyFans page, I won't be connecting with you. But if you've got like in your profile that you're an author or you're a runner or something connected with my Instagram profile, then I would connect with you. If you haven't got a photo on it, I won't connect with you. So I do keep that uh, because I, I share kind of holiday stuff and things like that that currently is private so you can find me there at instagram.com forward slash paul teague uk and sometimes i tend to do more i might put some running stuff on there i tend not to put personal stuff on there uh, on twitter uh, at paul teague uk you you might see some stuff on there but that tends to be more running stuff on there rather than um sort of personal stuff so if you want to follow that you'll see it there um and yeah, I'm writing as normal next week. So yeah, Ben it all next week. Looking forward to that. Then it's back for a month. Then it's off to Lisbon. So I can't moan, can I, about uh, getting my, my dose of, of sunshine. Healthy author updates. Lots to tell you about this week. On Saturday, I got a park run in. That was great. But it was a lovely, it was a really good park run on Saturday because there were just lots of people. Everybody was there. And it was lots of people to talk to. It was really sociable. So I enjoyed that on Saturday. On Sunday, I went to the Nature Reserve. Uh, and I, I was in the, I didn't get back. I think we start the run at 9.30. I didn't leave till 11 because we were all in the cafe having cups of tea and yakking. I saw loads of people there. They've got um, they've got our normal 5K run on, but they've also got a couch to 10, not couch to 10K, couch to 5K going on there every Sunday now too. So when you, when you walk in, there's about 80 people there, which is just incredible. And I know people in the couch to 10K now, which is great. So it's, it's got really chatty and sociable uh, on a Sunday now, which is fab. So I did that on Sunday. I've done my two 5Ks on the treadmill this week. The garage is a lot warmer at the moment. <laughs> oh my goodness. It was positive. I'm in shorts and a t-shirt again now. It, when it was really cold in the UK, I was going in there with my long running trousers on, a vest, a top, gloves and my hat, almost like I would go running outside. It was so cold in the garage, but it's back to normal temperatures now, which is a great relief. Now, I changed something this week because I think I mentioned this to you last week. I, I want to do some general exercise. So I've targeted two opportunities. I, I want to get the habit of this. I need to get into the habit of it. So I worked out that if I do this immediately after my writing session on Monday and my writing session on Wednesday, it, fit, it fits my routine really well. Um, you know, I don't want to leave it to chance. The things that get scheduled are the things that get done. So I want to schedule this at a, at a spot where I know I could do it. So this week, uh, my exercise mat came. You'll hear all about this in this week's author diary because the exercise mat arrives on Monday morning while I'm writing. You'll hear that happening in real time. So I got my exercise mat. So on Monday, I started doing uh, a sequence of general exercises and weights. And by weights, these are some weights that my, my wife got. And, uh, you know, typical fool rushing in 
I did some weight exercises and I, I'd looked at these weights that my wife had got thinking, well, you know, they're a bit, they're a bit light those <laughs> famous last words. I, uh, I was doing some kind of exercise yesterday with, with the weights that they, they kind of go behind your back. And I was supposed to do 12 of each and I was exhausted by the time I'd done six. I mean, they don't look very heavy, but when you're doing certain exercises, they, they feel like they weigh a ton. So eat humble pie, Paul, go back to the manual. So, uh, yeah, I did, um, stretching exercises and weights exercises because it's all right running that's aerobic and that's fine and that's good but i i kind of as an author i feel like i want to stretch and, and and you know feel all the other muscles that that i'm not using and i gotta tell you um on, on monday it was it was kind of general i was just working through an app and, and just seeing trying things and, and I didn't do I, I did my own weights I didn't have an app for it then but by the time I did it on Wednesday I'd got a couple of apps that gave me some guidance and it felt really just really good to you know be stretching and and, and just feeling bits of your your body that you don't normally feel uh, it was great really enjoyed it and I, when I was doing it I was thinking you know what I'm going to end up doing yoga I can see I'm going to end up doing yoga having having sort of said no way not doing yoga you know, I'm not, not ever going to do it. So when I start the podcast with a namaste, you'll know that you're done for because Paul started yoga. I'll have nice yoga pants and joss sticks and things like that. But I, I thought, you know, I can see myself ended up doing yoga with this because it just feels so good to do that stretching. And when I was younger, oh, I used to hate this at school. It was just, you know, running. I was always lasting cross country. I was useless. And I hated, hated all this stuff at school. It, but it's just the way... It's the way you do it, isn't it? It's the way it's presented to you. And I'm, I'm using some great apps. I'll put the, the link. I'm, I'm not, I'm undecided on a weights app at the moment. I'm just trying weights app to find something that's right for me. But I found a lovely app for doing the stretching exercises. And, and interestingly, it has sequences for sitting too much and for hunched over office workers. Also for neck and shoulder pain relief. And I don't get neck and shoulder pain relief. But I tried the sitting too much exercises and the hunched over office workers exercise routines and they're they're really good. So I'll put the link, the, the Google Play Store link to that on the show notes this week if you want to check it out. But yeah, it's great. You know, I, 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 I'm absolutely sure when I was doing it this week, I thought, Do you know, what? I, I know I'm going to keep this up. I know I'm going to keep this up. And what started all this exercise for me, and this is all about the healthy author, and it's all about aging more healthily. It was a book that a friend gave me a couple of years ago. In fact, I met up with him after, where were we? When we did 20 books in London, it was just outside London, wasn't it? I met a friend, a, a friend that I'd done internet marketing stuff with. We went for food. I can't remember whether it was during or, or, or immediately after. It would have been during, I think, because did I catch the plane back with Judy Cordner? sure I did anyhow whatever I met my friend down there and he told me number one about part run and he mentioned this book called younger next year and it's all about how at my age and I'm the prime age for it that by exercising regularly you can quite you know literally turn the clock back physically and add to your longevity and this has been on my radar for ages and, and obviously these kind of exercises as well as the running that I'm doing I wanted to add these exercises to just make sure I was doing the whole thing. And uh, it's a great book, by the way. Um, Younger Next Year. There's a version for men. There's a version for women, specifically focused at the sort of different needs. Um, but I will put the link for that app on the show notes this week. Next week uh, for running, 
I'm not going to be doing park run on Saturday. I'm just doing what, uh, a volunteer role that means I don't run on Saturday. So I'm doing what's called barcode scanning on Saturday. The reason that I'm not running park run on Saturday, but I am getting a volunteer in, is I'm doing a 10K run on Sunday. And it's it feels like a, a daunting sort of challenging one for me. We're running from Carlisle to Gretna on a, on a back road. It's a 10K run. I haven't done this one before. It's a first time for me. So I don't know what to expect. And I'm cutting myself some slack by not running 5K the day before. So I did a 5K run on the treadmill today. I'm recording this on Thursday this week. I usually do it on Friday, recording this on Thursday. I've done a 5K run on the treadmill today, but I want to build in rest days before I do a 10K because 10K is quite a push for me. And it's outside. I don't know how much uphill it is. It's quite likely to be windy. People have told me it's quite windy at times. So yeah, not doing the 5K on Saturday, but I will do the 10K on Sunday. And then of course, next week, I will be running in Benidorm. I'll be running along the beach. It's one of my favorite runs. So every other day in Benidorm, I will be running up and down the beachfront. I love it at that time of day because all the, it's really quiet. It's the quietest time you get it in Benidorm. You can run up and down without having to dodge people left, right, and center. There are other runners there. Uh, I love seeing the kind of shopkeepers on the on the, on the seafront all getting their shops ready and they all wash the, the pavement down in front of their store and things like that. And there is a lady I've run there so much now and for so you know over so many different periods that there is a lady there who must be must be in her 80s possibly even 90s and every day there she walks with a frame and, she, and every time I go there I think oh, I hope she's still there I hope she's still doing this and this is obviously her exercise and she just walks really slowly up and down um, and as I pass her I do be hola you know and uh, and say hello to her I'm really hoping the old lady's going to be there uh, I hope she's okay and I hope she's there so fingers crossed for for that in Benidorm you can see by the way my healthy author updates and photos at paulteague.net forward slash run paulteague.net forward slash run I update my uh, park run progress there every week and when I do a special run like a 10k uh, I usually post that on Twitter, but I also put photos on that web page. And that, that page, frankly, is just for my own entertainment, to chart my own journey. But if you want to see what how red my face was on the first park run I ever did in 2000 and whenever it was, 18 or 19, it tracks my whole running journey there, warts and all, just rather like this podcast, really. It's all there on, on that. So if, you, if you're thinking about doing some exercise... And you think, oh, he sounds sporty. I couldn't do that. Have a look at the state I was in when I started running. <laughs> it's like writing. You just keep practicing it and you get better and you make progress. So yeah, paulteague.net forward slash run. Okay, that's it for this week's show. Don't forget that after this goodbye bit, you'll get my writer's diary for the past week. You'll hear what I've been up to and all the trials and tribulations of that and the posty docking at the door, all that sort of thing. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you have a great week of writing from me, Paul Teague. Bye-bye for now. This podcast is supported by affiliate sales of Vellum, the best way to format your publications in Mobi, EPUB or paperback format. When you buy Vellum through my affiliate link, you pay the same price as normal, but I take a percentage of the sale proceeds, which goes to support my time and effort producing this podcast. All of my books are produced in Vellum, and I even have a simple guide to using Vellum on a PC over at my blog. Just head for paulteague.net forward slash use Vellum and download your free PDF how-to guide. So, to check out the best formatting software on the planet, head over to paulteague.net forward slash Vellum. 
it's Saturday the 28th of January at 13.21. And this is an odd little bit, really, because I'm just going to do the author notes today. Now, the author notes are a straggly little bit that I put at the end of the book, mainly to encourage people to sign up for my mailing list and to to review the book and things like that, and also to tease the next one. And there are no particular preset word count. I just write it until I'm done, really, until <laughs> I've finished talking about the book. Now, the the thing with the author notes is that they're usually about 750,000 words, something like that. But of course, that's going to affect the final word count. So what I've decided to do today, because the, the house is empty, people have gone off to do other things, I thought, right, I'm going to just grab an hour, might not even take an hour, actually, but I'm going to grab an hour, I'm going to write the author notes, and then whatever word count that is, I know then that I've got to deduct it from the total word count it's going to affect the number of chapters that I do to the end of the book so I don't exceed the 75,000 words that my editor is expecting so uh, I don't have a set time for this I'm not even going to put this on the clock I'm simply going to write it and then at the end of the session I'll let you know how long I was writing for and how many words I did but it really doesn't matter today the author notes don't matter they are what they are And if they're 500 words, they're 500 words. Now, just to let you see how I do this, I've got in Scrivener a separate page that's called Author Notes. And as I've been writing the book, I have been jotting down notes about things that I can talk about. So I'm going to mention David Lister's school, which is the the school that is part of this plot. And I went to David Lister's school to do some radio. I'm going to mention Hull Barrage. The Cecil Cinema is key to this plot. The Gypsyville Estate is key to this plot. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about the news story that inspired the book. So with that and a little bit of a call to action, a kind of what's coming in the next book and, you know, encouraging you to register for my list, all those little bits and pieces will be about 500, 750 words, I'm guessing. I haven't got an awful lot to say in this book, but um, I'm going to crack on with that now and I'll let you know how it goes when I finish it. It's uh, 2.20, 2.19 actually, and I've written 1,208 words of my uh, author notes. Now, I may add to those right right at the end of the book. At, at one point, I'm going to go and see the Hull Barrage, but it will happen after these books have been edited in in real time so i need to talk about that trip and i'll ha- and i'll have photographs i also need to add some extra text to these to this to um you know say sign up to my list you could look at this and that there i'm not going to put that into the edit but the the new words i've just cut and paste those for another book that's already been edited what the new text is what i've just written so i've kept it fairly brief 1200 words but clearly on a 75,000 word count, that means that there's only going to be, what, uh, you know, 74, 73,800 words of story. So I felt that I needed to work out what the bulk of that text was going to be, just so I could course correct and make sure that the final text is going to be okay. So I've done that today. And interestingly, you know, in complete contrast to how I write during the week, I've actually had a video uh, going on I've, I've just turned it down to record this but I've had a video going on the right hand side so I've been listening and writing the reason for that is it, this is like a writing non-fiction it requires on my part certainly much less concentration 
than fiction does. Fiction's got to be quiet, got to be completely focused. But when I'm writing non-fiction, this is um, this is factual stuff. You know, this is almost like, is it biographical or autobiographical, whichever one it is. It, it, it's like that in many respects. I'm just telling stories that are related to the book. Very easy to write for me. And so I'm happy to have a video on with that. Okay, so that that's done. That's Saturday. That's all done and dusted. It's in the uh, Scrivener document. That's fine. That's just going to sit there now. And I'll get back to the, the proper writing, the fiction writing on Monday morning. It's Monday morning, the 30th of January, and time to work on this week's 15,000 words. It always feels really daunting when you come to it on a Monday morning. Now, I did a little bit of writing over the weekend, as you heard in the previous diary, but I've supplemented that because I had a couple of other uh, thoughts and ideas that I needed to add to those author notes. So I added an extra 230 words to the author notes. So we're about, I don't know, 1,000, 1,500 odd words added to the whole manuscript. So this basically determines what I'm writing this week. The current word count on the book is 36,520 words, which means I've got 38,480 words remaining. We're going to reach the halfway point today of this book and the trilogy. And then I've got to divide that remaining word count between the 24 chapters that I've still got to write. And then that gives me a word count to aim for of 1,603 words per chapter. Now, you'll have heard me constantly talking about course correcting while I've been recording these update diaries. I need to make sure I'm as close as possible to 75,000 words. So I'm constantly mindful of those words. And I'm now writing a little bit shorter than I was at the beginning of the book. But you can see that if you don't keep your eye on this, this is how book creep sets in. And I do like to keep this word count discipline wherever I can. But the other thing is, is what you don't want to do is end up with a book that has, let's say, words counts of 2,000 words right at the beginning of the book and then at the end of the book you're writing 1,000 word chapters you know to try and hit your word count because then the book's not going to feel evenly paced or balanced I do like evenly paced uh, chapter lengths uh, because you know my view always is that uh, and I'm like this as a reader that we don't have a lot of time you want to read chapters that are fairly quick to read and then you want a, an even uh, reading experience across a book. Uh, that's the kind of fiction I'm writing, which is quick read, easy read, disposable fiction. I don't want to challenge you too much, so I want to keep the chapter lengths roughly the same size. So you know you can sit down, and I don't know how long it takes to read a chapter of that length, maybe 10 minutes. You know you know that you can snatch 10 minutes here and there and carry on reading the book. So uh, you know, we start the week mindful of word count. I start the week daunted by the thought of doing 15,000 words again, as ever. It's a Monday morning. Don't massively feel like it, but I'm going to get my head down as ever, get writing, and I'm sure we'll get that impetus before long. I've just finished writing 1,628 words, and it's taken me an extra quarter of an hour to do that. So I've been writing for an hour and a quarter. The timer went off some time ago, and that's because that was quite a slow chapter. As it turned out, I had to do a little bit of research in that chapter. Mainly, it's a transitional chapter in that there's no sort of massive action. This is a psychological thriller, so not every chapter has to have action, but it does need to have that constant uh, you know, pulse of, of tension and suspense. And so I've just dropped a couple of things in this chapter which will trigger events later on, just setting stuff up if you want. So the characters walk essentially from 
the protagonist's flat, they go to a pub and the scene set at a pub. And I just needed to remind myself that the pub is actually somewhere where we used to drink when before we had kids, you know, years ago when we lived in Hull. So I just needed to take a look at the road that they walk along just to remind myself of the road and the route that they would take and the entrance to the pub, just little things like that. I had a, a very bizarre thing that I had to check as well in that uh, there's a scene that I'm setting up in the, in the flat above my protagonist. There's a drummer who drums at unreasonable times of the night and it's driving her mad. And I'm setting up, obviously, a big confrontation between my protagonist and the drummer. But again, this is going to build, build, build over the three books and it will come to a head in the third book. She'll finally crack. And she keeps calling him, you know, derogatory terms. So she just keeps referring to him as as, as different drummers. And I've, I've used Cozy Powell uh, and you know, I'm, I'm trying to think of famous drummers. And um, I had to just check there the Muppet who was a who who was the drummer, which is Animal, of course. In the Muppets was a kind of crazy drummer, and I, she just calls him Animal and has to explain the reference to these young people that she's with. Um, you know, so th that was a little bit of research that I had to do, a bit of bizarre research that I had to do. And also, there's just a comment that that maybe the rest of the residents should form a brass band to get their own back on him. So I, I just had to research the instrument in a brass band section. So I went for trombone, trumpet and French horn, you know, in my example. So just bizarre little bits of, of very, very quick side research that I decided to do as part of the chapter. And so I just eased myself into the day. I, you know, normally I try and write at an hour, but um, I can feel I'm a little bit slow and sticky to get the day started today. So I just t took my time with that. I'm going to make myself a cup of tea now. I'm going to have my routine half a banana. And if there was anything to make this day feel better for writing, you know, bearing in mind it's a, a Monday and I don't really feel like it. While I was writing that chapter, literally while I was writing that chapter, I've had one, two, three, four, I've had five cash payments in from Amazon. So it's Amazon payday today being the 30th of January. So while I have been working, I have been paid for previous writing that I've done. Now, I don't think the big ones in yet. I know these are just the smaller ones, you know, from the different territories. At some point this morning while I'm writing, I'll get my US payment in. My UK payment usually comes in, in the you know first couple of days of a new month. So at some point, I'm going to get a nice juicy payment in from the US. And if you need something to incentivize your writing, that's always a good thing to do, right? I'm going to go and get a snack now, make a cup of tea, and I'll be back shortly for chapter two of this Monday morning. I've just answered the door to the postman who's delivered my exercise mat. I told you about that in last week's diary, I think, that I was going to try some uh, different exercises rather than just running. So my exercise mat's here today. And I was thinking, oh, I'm normally I'd exercise after I've done my writing for the day. And I was thinking, oh, well, the exercise mat's not here. We'll, we'll, we'll bump it for another day. So I can't avoid that either today. And also, in the fridge, I've just eaten a banana to keep me going. And made a cup of tea, but in the fridge there are chocolate bars, and it's going to take all my willpower to resist diving into those chocolate bars today. So if we get five thousand words done and I don't eat a chocolate bar, that's going to be a miracle, I think, today. Now, this is worth me telling you because I'm going to slightly write out of order now. The chapter I've just written in the last hour was chapter twenty, and it's part of a two-chapter sequence, and it's when the protagonist is out on the town. So chapter 20 is present day, chapter 21 would be the 70s, and then 
chapter 22 would be the second scene when they're out of the town. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to jump to chapter 22 while I'm in the zone of writing these scenes of them being out of the town. I'm going to jump to chapter 2 and then my last writing today will be chapter 1 of the 70s. Now, you know, because literally I'm just carrying on from the last chapter in chapter 22, it'd be crazy to just stick a 1975 scene in a complete change and then come back to it and try and get back in the zone again. So it makes much more sense from a writing point of view to write out of sequence on this scene. And again, we're they're just about to, they'll finish the scene in the pub uh, and then they're going to move on to a nightclub in Hull, which again was just down the road from where we used to live and we used to go to this nightclub. It's a very famous nightclub in Hull. So I'll probably open up a couple of photos while I'm doing this just to remind myself of what it looks like inside that nightclub. So it's back to it then. I'm fueled by a banana and a cup of tea. I'll be back in an hour. Hopefully have got 1,600 words written. That's chapter 22 completed and that was 1,835 words. I've written way over what I should have done. When I gave you the word count of chapter 20 previously the word count was actually 1,589. I'd forgotten to erase my notes at the bottom, so a slight adjustment there. My word count then leaves me with 1,576 or thereabouts to write today. And it was completely the right decision to write out of sequence there. That scene just continued from the previous one. And once again, I've written over my time, so it's 11.30 now. Uh, both of those writing stints have taken me a quarter of an hour over my usual hour allocated time. I've just found them uh, slower to write, possibly because they've got less action in actually, because I've had to make sure I maintain the pace and the interest of those scenes without being able to resort to just, um, you know, action. So they have taken me a little bit longer than usual. That's fine, though. You know, my day is flexible. I've had the added incentive of that American payment arriving while I was writing and another payment from another source has come in while I've been writing. So, you know, these are the joys of our of our writing business that we can please ourselves. If I need to write a little bit longer today, that's fine. I will. Uh, I only set an hour long uh, timer because I know I can usually write 1,600 words in that time. I usually set the timer really to make sure or to designate the amount of focus that I want to give my writing. So the, the hour-long timer tells me not to look at emails, not to look at my phone, not to do anything during that hour. That's really what the hour is there for. It doesn't matter if the writing gets done or not. It's more about the concentrated period of working. That's really what I'm trying to maintain from setting that timer. So I'm happy to have let it slip by a quarter of an hour today, but I think that's probably... Uh, the longest, uh, the uh, the most, you know, two consecutive sessions that I've let it slip while I've been recording these diaries. But this is the value, hopefully, of these diaries. Uh, and as I told you in last week's podcast, rules are there to be broken. I break my own rules all the time, but I adhere to the principles. And the principle is I get my head down and I get the writing done and I do it in allocated time on my weekly and daily timetables. So uh, 1,576 words to go. It's 11.30 now. I'm going to take a quarter of an hour break, have another cup of tea probably, going to try and avoid those chocolates and um, you know find something else that I can nibble, a lump of cheese or something like that that doesn't have as many calories, and then I'll get back to it shortly. Well, it's all been happening this morning. While I was writing that last section, 
The postman's been for the second time today and delivered a copy of Sophie Hannah's Little Face, which I'd ordered off Amazon as a second handbook because when I've been listening to Sophie chatting in the Dream Author Academy, uh, Little Face and the other one I've got on my tray, Haven't They Grown, seem to have been her pivotal books. Little Face was her breakthrough book, so I really want to read both of those books, you know, just as part of the education process. And the other thing I've done is I've just put my exercise mat, I've unfurled it and unpacked it and laid it out flat so that, uh, you know, it's going to be ready to use after I finish this writing stint. So, you know, it's interesting. There are so many distractions. I've done a little bit of accountancy too while I was just, you know, drinking my tea as well. So um, you never quite know the final numbers that you're going to get paid by Amazon until you actually get paid. I always use the assessment tool but I always say assume a decrease from the previous month that I you know I don't get too fancy about putting this week's or this month's KDP rate or anything like that I'm not that technical I, I always say assume a decrease so that I'm always pleasantly surprised by getting more money than I expect and I have got more money than I expected this month which is great and so uh, I was just putting that into the spreadsheets you know just make it take an account of it and then I don't get paid in the UK now and uh, for a couple of days it's certainly um, it'll be in February it's not before the end of the month I don't know why that happens with the UK but I don't get paid until uh, the you know the new month so by deducting all the uh, payments that I've had this morning I can well I can see what I'm now due in the UK and I can get the final numbers in so I couldn't resist just doing a little bit of accountancy just to work out what the final numbers were uh, you know for this month and that's very handy that's only taken me a few minutes but I am still behind very very behind today so it's now 11:50 I'm probably going to get finished now what at one o'clock today aren't I you know and I was planning to be finished well I could have been finished as early as 12 um you know more likely 12 30 so as you can see I've, I've well expanded into the time available here but just to reiterate you know I make the rules I can break them it's been quite slow writing for me today the timer is only there as a marker of concentration it doesn't mean that I have to have the words written by then I can overrun underrun it doesn't matter it's really just for me to know that you've got to you know, you shouldn't be looking at anything during this time or distracting yourself. So and you could also tell that I have a lot of distractions during the breaks. You know, I've got posts to play with and open and have a look at what I've got through the letterbox. You know, uh, cups of tea to make. I've had, a, I've had a bit of cheese to eat to keep me going till lunchtime. So, you know, distractions, distractions everywhere. If you weren't really rigid about this and say, right, back to work, back to writing now until it's done the day would just easily slip away from you. And the distractions are the same for me as they are for you as well. There are distractions all over the place. So I'm going to stop recording this now. I've got a nice hot cup of tea in front of me. This is my last writing stint for today. Let's get on with it now. I'm getting a little bit confused by my word count because I've put my numbers out by writing those extra 1,500 words that I did for the author notes. But according to the stats, I've just written... How many words? It gets very confusing, this working, moving between Word and Scrivener. But according to Scrivener, I've just written a chapter that is 1,835 words. Oh, no, it's not that one. Sorry, that was the, the one before. 1,670. That's what I've just written. It's now one o'clock, so I've exceeded my time once again. So today, as far as I can work it out, I've written... 1,670, 1,835, 1,589 words, and that tallies to 5,094, so I've definitely 94 words over my target. And then in terms of the book, 
Word tells me that I've written 41,612 words. And that means I'm going to have to drop once again. I'm going to have to revise once again downwards the number of words I write in each chapter. So I keep overwriting and I keep having to, to peg it back. I was almost tempted, actually, with that chapter to leave that one a little short because I was struggling a little bit with it. But actually, it, it got its head of steam and I sorted it out eventually. So what that means then today is that I am now halfway, well, over halfway through this particular book. And I am over halfway through the entire trilogy. So that, that feels good. It's kind of a momentous day for that. The writing today has been much slower. So you'll have heard me over several sessions in these diaries just rattling out the words. It was a lot more slow and deliberate today. It wasn't that it was a struggle. It wasn't that I was struggling for plot. It was just that I had to keep coming back to the plot to make sure that it was paced correctly, you know, that it was interesting, that I wasn't diverging and putting irrelevant stuff in there. So I probably wrote more deliberately today. It was not that I hadn't got anything to say. Anyhow, either way, we've got there. We've got to our 5,000 word word count for today. We've got, the, we've got the week started. This Monday is always the most difficult bit. Tomorrow, I start work later on in the day, about 11.30 when my wife's gone to work. But for a Monday and another start of another week, that is it for today. It's Tuesday morning, the 31st of January, and this diary is completely different from all the others because I've completely changed what I did this morning. Now, the reason for that was we were having the annual safety check and service of the boiler. So the guy was round at 10 o'clock. My wife didn't leave the house until 11.30. And you know what it's like when you've got somebody in the house checking the, the gas fire and the boiler. And he was up with the loft and things like that. you kind of got to be handy that um, it's it's hard to settle. And part of me thought, just before he came, I wish I'd gone for my run on the treadmill. That would have been a good way to spend the time because my, my wife was around to see to the guy. And uh, I hadn't done that. So I thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start writing today and I'll see how far I get with the chapter with the various questions and disturbances as we go along. And as it turned out, I pretty well got a chapter written. I was about 1,300 words when he left and that was me you know, getting up, discussing things with him and making sure he got what he needed. So uh, I've I've got a chapter done at the time I would normally, about the time I would normally start writing. So I've written 1,715 words today. And so you're only going to get one update for this particular segment. Normally you get one before and you get one after. You're only going to get one, uh, you know, during <laughs> today. So it's going to send things a little bit skew if as far as the diaries are concerned. But yeah, I've done 1,715 words. Um, let me just let you know what the stats are, it being a, a brand new day. The stats sort of vary because I think you get difference in word counts between Scrivener and Word. And what I always do is I compile my documented Word at, at the end of the day or at the start of the day and work out what my numbers are. So at the moment, Word is telling me that I've written 43,329 words and that I've got 31,671 left. And that's including the writing I've done today. So I've literally just done these numbers. I've got 20 chapters left to write. So that tells me that my, my word count per chapter, what I'm roughly aiming for per chapter at the moment, is 1,583. So if you think at the beginning of the book, we were over 1,600 per chapter. You can see how that's reduced as I've overwritten through the book. I have to then 
well, my, my daily word count in effect has gone down because if you think that per chapter I'm looking at 1,008, what is it, 1,583 words, times that by three, that's my new daily word count. So my daily word count is effectively now, it's reduced to 4,750 across the rest of this book. So when I say 5,000, what I really mean is I'm aiming for about 4,750, which I'll have to remember too. Uh, the chapter was fine. It came very fast. It's a chapter I've just been setting up, um, you know, for a, a kind of domestic disaster uh, and, and also a prof- professional problem as well. Uh, you, you've got to kind of keep the pain coming <laughs> thick and fast over a trilogy. So I'm just making sure that by the time we finish this book, not only is it going to finish on a huge shock, it's going to, um, the, the main character is going to be under intense pressure from all sorts of different angles. And that's how I kind of want to leave book two. So that when we get to book three, I can literally just, you know, work through all the things I've set up and unpick them one by one by one until we, we reach the big conclusion uh, right at the end and you find out who's been doing what to whom. So that's a good start to the day. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm way ahead, to be honest with you, which is a nice way to start the day. Um, so this is going to count as the first sort of three bits because I'm now going to have a, a short break. Uh, I've had plenty of tea today. I've already had about three cups of tea, I think, today. So I'll lay off the tea. And what I'm going to do is the same as I did yesterday. I'm going to move straight on because I'm, I'm writing something that's very much sequential at the moment, as I was yesterday. Um, yesterday I was writing about a night on the town. Today I'm writing about the morning after. What I'm going to do is sequentially the next chapter is back in the 1970s well I'm not going to write that that's chapter 24 I'm going to write chapter 25 next which picks up where I've just left up off and then I'm going to go back to 1975 for the last chapter today so I'm just going to take a five minute break and then I'm going to get back to the writing that's me written my second chapter of the day and I've gone over my word count again so I wrote 1678 words in that chapter I'm pleased I did what I did yesterday, which is to just carry on where the action is continuous without a break. It makes sense just to carry on writing slightly out of order. And so the last chapter that I do today will be the 1970s chapter. That just works for me at the moment. It won't for the rest of the book or for, for, for all of the book, but it, it does here. Um, I haven't completed my time. The timer hasn't gone off yet. I've got two minutes and nine seconds left before the timer goes off. So that was written pretty quickly. There was a lot of dialogue in it. Uh, I actually enjoyed writing that scene. It's it's really, I really feel like I'm in the thick of it now. When you're in the thick of a book and you know exactly where it's heading, it just plays, for me, it just, it plays out. I don't have a terrible number of, of problems with it. And, you know, this was a nice excruciating scene. It started with my main character getting told off by her superior and then it flipped to it right in her favour towards the end of the scene where she revealed that she'd come up with some crucial information for the case. And so these last sort of four chapters really have been about um, main character development. They've been about setting things up in the book, but they haven't really been related to the case. But I have kept the case, that, that beat, that little drum beat in the background of them trying to solve the case. That beat has been going all the way through these chapters. So we don't lose the plot with too much of a diversion, but it's going to come straight back to now the main investigation. We're, we're back right in that at the moment. So that, that that's great. That, and that's what I'll be writing tomorrow uh, when I continue. 
So, what's the time now? It is just past one o'clock. I'm going to have a little bit of lunch and a short break that I'm going to get on to today's last chapter. It's now 1.20. I've had a spot of lunch and I've got a cup of tea with me and I've just got the last hour of writing to do today. It's funny that because I didn't sit down formally to start writing, I just wrote a bit here and a bit there while the boiler man was here. It doesn't feel like I've, I've done my writing today yet already I'm almost finished. I have also tremendously enjoyed writing those chapters today. Uh, the last sort of four chapters in the present day have been fun chapters. I intentionally put some kind of fun chapters in and I've really enjoyed uh, writing them. They have been a lot of fun. I had to do a little bit of researching too. I, I, I forgot to mention it in that last chapter. I had to do a little bit of checking as well. But, uh, you know, they've come very easily today. I'm now going backwards to chapter 24. So I've written chapters 23 and 25 today. I'm now going to go to chapter 24, which is a 1975 chapter. And in actual fact, um, we're going to have a bit more fun now because the girls in the home, I've had some quite difficult scenes with the girls in the home. And as the the plot in the present day picks up and goes back to the investigation, the girls now are going to have some fun in the girls' home because uh, I want to show the sort of camaraderie uh, among them in the home. So I'm quite looking forward to writing these episodes too. I'm hoping that they're going to be okay. These are the sorts of episodes that my wife, when she reads it, usually says, I think you've gone too far. So I hope she's not going to say that I've gone too far in this because it is going to be um, fun and I, I do want to write it. But let's see. Let's see how we get on with it. So I'm fueled and ready to go. I've got a treadmill run to come after this. So I need to get this rattled off so that I can do a treadmill run and then get the tea on for when my wife gets home. So let's see how we get on and hope this is a fast chapter. That's it. That's today's writing completed. I just wrote 1,516 words in that chapter. It uh, was quite a slow chapter to write. I thought it was going to be easier. I'm not going to tell you what I had to get keep researching i'm going to tease that for those of you who read psychological thrillers and will read the book it's a bit of a naughty chapter and i had to do a little bit of research <laughs> let's put it that way but i won't tell you what i've just been looking up and i did put it in a an incognito browser by the way which is usually how i do my searches for thrillers if it's anything you know slightly suspect so anyhow that was quite good fun but it was a bit of a diversion and it did slow down the writing of the chapter but it, it was great fun and it's got me where I need to be. So that is today's writing done. If you tot up all the words, it's 4,909. And if you recall, I now need to be writing 4,750 words a day. So again, I'm slightly over. I'm really going to have to watch this and, and try and keep these chapters tighter and shorter. Uh, and I'll have to concentrate on that, obviously, with the remaining chapters in the book. But it's fine. You know, I've got plenty of I've got plenty of slack, plenty of manoeuvrability within the book at the moment. One of the things that has struck me today is it feels like I've been pounding away at this for, you know, for quite some time already, doing three chapters a day, you know, three times a week. And I'm only on chapter, what is it, chapter 24? 
25, no, chapter 26 tomorrow. I'll start reading, writing chapter 26. So it still feels like I've got a few chapters to go because I've, I've got to get to around chapter 45. Though remember, I have written those last two chapters. So it still feels like we've got a fair bit to go. What is it, 18 off the top of my head, 18 chapters to go? So all you can do really is you've just got to keep writing, you know, hitting your quota, write, 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 and then eventually you'll get there. I'm sure I'll be saying to you before long, oh, we're nearly there now. We're almost done. That's a book almost written. But this is what they call the soggy middle, isn't it, in, in books? And I'm having a lot of fun with the soggy middle of mine. It's still got uh, plenty of impetus. I've never really struggled from that kind of soggy middle syndrome, because if you think about it, I'm in the middle of a book, and I'm also in the middle of a trilogy. So from the point of view of the trilogy, this ought to be the soggy middle. But having written so many trilogies, what I can tell you is that usually what happens is I would express the second trilogy largely as fun and games, what they call funny games, fun and games in Save the Cat, which is a lot of running around, a lot of tensions, a lot of incidents, a lot of new information. But you're not really able to resolve very much, particularly in a psychological thriller. And they have a lot of um, you know thrust, a lot of direction in them. But I'm not going to start winding things up and concluding anything major until the final book. And they'll all be you know, dropping like flies in, in the final book. So I'm, I'm just, I've enjoyed writing that today. It's been an odd day, really, because of that first chapter when the chap was doing the boiler. And I haven't really stuck to my kind of rigid timeline, having the timer on. In fact, I turned the timer off halfway through this, thinking, well, it takes as long as it takes. I'm fine for time. So I'm done for today. One more writing day this week, which is Wednesday tomorrow. And I start writing early tomorrow. My wife's out of the house early uh, tomorrow. So I'll probably start, if I'm all organised and ready, at about half past eight tomorrow morning. And then we'll polish off this week's writing quota. So that's me done now. I am now going to go for a run on the treadmill. So (laughs) wish me luck and I'll speak to you tomorrow. (laughs) It's Wednesday the 1st of February. It is 8.21 and I've just been spending a few minutes in front of the computer composing my thoughts and getting ready to do today's writing. I can't believe it's Wednesday already. It honestly feels like five minutes ago that I was saying to you, oh, here we are at the beginning of a new week. And now here I am on my last writing day of the week. I've got to just do some numbers, actually, while I'm talking to you now. I must absolutely focus on the numbers now because I think I got, I think it's 21. No, it's 18 chapters left to write. And if I don't start really pegging these word counts back, I'm going to end up writing chapters that are at 500 words long by the end of the book. So I've really, over the course of the next 18 chapters, got to rein myself in and make sure that I'm going to hit that 75,000 word target. Something else I need to tell you about today's writing is I was just, I generally look at what I've got to write the next day uh, before I kind of switch off for the day. And what I did last night is I actually changed around four chapters. So uh, there were basically sequences of two chapters where consecutive events happened. And I just realised as I was going through it, I thought, actually, those two chapters need to come earlier and those two chapters could come later. It was just bearing in mind the investigation that's taking place in these books. And I always say to you, if, if, you're, not, if you're stuck or you need to know what happens next, just say what would happen next in real life. And it was a case of you know what needs to happen next in real life in terms of the investigation. And I just realised that actually if by bumping these two chapters forward, it worked much better. It makes no difference whatever to the overall plot of the book. 
but I think that we need to get back to the investigation. So these two chapters are going to be better written today. So I, I, the chapters I'm writing today, in the present, uh, you know, in the present day, uh, in the book, were two chapters I was going to start writing next Monday originally, but it's just been shuffled round. Uh, again, you'll have heard me say as part of these diaries, my own rules are meant to be broken. I do change, tweak all the time. Uh, there's no problem with that. My structure is just a basic structure, a direction of travel. I've already written the last two chapters, the last chapter in 75 and the last chapter in present day. I know exactly where I'm heading. And these last 18 chapters are just going to bring the plane in nicely to land so that they hit those two chapters perfectly. That's what I've got to focus on now. I'm going to do some arithmetic before I start writing. I should have done that before I spoke to you right now, actually, just so I'm absolutely laser focused on what that word count's got to be now, because uh, I really have to I have to rein this in uh, really quite, uh, you know, in a military fashion now. Otherwise, I'm going to exceed that 75,000 word final target that I'm after. So I'll do my maths and I'll probably start. Yeah, I'll be starting at 830 today. That's today's first chapter written, and I managed to keep it largely on the word target. I'd just written uh, 100, no, 1,000, I beg your pardon, 1,558 words. My target is 1,531. It was a nice, easy chapter to write. I've actually uh, put in, which wasn't uh, planned in, 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 the, in the plotting document that I let you have access to, I've actually dropped a juicy morsel in there too, because I'm very keen having had so much uh, fun and games going on in the last couple of chapters, uh, personal stuff with the protagonist, I really wanted to to anchor it and make sure everybody knows what we're dealing with here, which is a murder case. So uh, I think I said to you in one of these previous diaries, one of the joys of, of having this as a, a police-oriented book is that every morning they start with the briefing. And the briefing is actually as useful to me as it is for the people in the book in that it helps me remember, right, what do we know what do we need to know? Who do we need to pull in for questioning? And that's actually quite handy for me. So I don't repeat everything in the briefings, just the, the salient points, but it's actually a useful, touch, a useful touchstone for me, uh, just from a, a plotting point of view, to get that right. Oh, by the way, my beeper's about to go because I managed to write that under the hour on the timer. So you're going to hear the beeper go in a moment, just to mark that I did those 1,558 words within the hour. Here it is. Let me just stop that and reset it for the next hour. I'm now going to do exactly what I've been doing most of the week, actually, because the next scene follows precisely after the scene I've just written. I'm going to write the the current day scene next. Then I'm going to finish today with the 1975 scene. Now, that isn't going to be the case all the way through the book. I don't think it is anyway, but it might be. But uh, writing out of sequence for me, is absolutely fine but it would be crazy for me I, I've literally left this chapter bang in the middle of some crucial action when I've had a, a cup of tea and a short break it makes much more sense for me to just pick that up almost from the next sentence if you want in in, in the next chapter that comes along rather than going out of that scene it, back to 1975 just to slavishly stick to the order of the chapters so I'm not going to do that I'm going to write the present day chapter next and then I'll finish today with a 1975 chapter and uh, it, that might be the pattern for the rest of the book now I'm not sure I can't quite remember the the plot well enough but you'll find that out next week okay break time banana and then we're off again it's 9.39, I've got a cup of tea in front of me. I've just been having a little look at social media and Facebook and emails and things like that, 
just as a, a quick palette refresh. I never spend, or I try not to spend more than 10 minutes, quarter of an hour doing that because I don't want to lose the impetus. And I just felt myself being distracted away, <laughs> being lured away. So I've shut everything down again. Uh, I've got my timer up on the screen and I've got a blank chapter, chapter 28, which I'm about to write. So I'm just going to get on with it. I just want to get on with it, power through, and then that's my writing done for the week. So this is chapter 28, now my second chapter today. And uh, the other thing I also really, what I realised today is that we're going to break through uh, 50,000 words, maybe in this session actually, uh, if not the last chapter that I write today. And 50,000 words is two-thirds of the way through a 75,000 word book. So it's quite an important day today and quite exciting. So I'll take a couple more slurps of tea and then I'm going to launch into this chapter and see if I can keep it at or below 1,531 words. Wish me luck. Here we go. That's the second chapter of the day finished, and I almost got it exactly on my word count. So I've just written 1,529 words. I was aiming for 1,531 words. So that's almost perfect, isn't it? I really have got to be disciplined now and get out of my mind 1,600 and be aiming for about 1,500 words per chapter now. And the reason I must do that is, as I've said to you before, you know, I don't want to end up right at the end of the book writing 500 words chapters just to keep on target. I think I write I write pretty well what's going to stay in the book. Uh, I hear a lot of people saying, oh, they hack sections and they remove sections. I tend not to have so much of that problem, is that I'll, I'll rewrite sentences, I'll add new vocabulary, I'll add bits, take bits, but I won't have to do any massive editing on this book. I pretty pretty well write what's going to go into the, the book. Now, that might be a problem with my editing, I don't know, but that, that's what works at the moment. So pretty well, the word count I end up with is, is, is going to be about right. You know, obviously, I'll be taking some, adding some. But so long as I hit 75,000 words in first draft form, that's not really going to change very much, plus or minus, as we go along. That was a nice, easy chapter to write. I'm pleased I made the decision to alter the ordering of the chapters. Absolutely right that I'm back in with the police stuff now. And then tomorrow when I'm writing, we'll, we'll be sort of heading off in a slightly different direction. But that was the right decision to change the order of those chapters. That works really well. And it just feels like having gone into some personal stuff, I've snapped the book right back and we're back into police and we're back into the heart of the case. So it was just a temporary diversion into the personal stuff, which still kept the, the drumbeat of the case going. But we're now back in the thick of it with the, with the police now. And uh, that, that feels good and it feels right in terms of pacing. So what is it? 10.35. I'm just going to take a short break and then I think I'll be back at 10.45 and I'm going to be finished in plenty of time. I'll be finished in plenty of time for midday today uh, and that's good because my wife will be back. She gets back. She finishes at one. She'll be back by two and that, that kind of means playtime starts then because I'll, I will stop writing then and um, the, you know, the kind of fun start, she's finished work then and it's all about running and kind of you know, social stuff and things like that. So this is why I like, I, I actually really like the, the week like this. I, I really like it being top loaded at the beginning of the week. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we're both kind of getting our, our work done. And then for the rest of the week, we've got that time freedom for the next four days. It's really working very well for me. I've got one more chapter to write today, and then that's my writing done for this week. Let's take a short break. We'll get back to it. Let's get this writing polished off.
I got a little diverted there because just as I was closing down Facebook, I noticed that the February edition of the Grand Alicante Advertiser had just popped into my feed. It's a little PDF that you could open. Now, Grand Alicante is the place in Spain where my brother used to live. He moved out to Spain years ago and he's back now and been back in the UK for ages. But uh, when I went to visit him for the first time, that was the moment that I fell in love with Spain. That's where my love affair with Spain starts. I love the house style around there. And so I get the Gran Alicante advertised. I used to read it at his house when I was there. And you can now get it online. And uh, I always look at it because I love looking at the properties around there and the news. They've got a running club now in Gran Alicante. Um, it's the place that we stayed where we first started staying out in Spain. Uh, for the first three or four years when we went out there, that's where we used to stay in Gran Alicante. And, and since then, we've started heading to Benidorm and up and down the coast and things like that and got a bit more adventurous. But uh, Gran Alicante is where it all began, where my love affair with Spain began. So I could never resist having a look at that magazine. So I flicked through that and um, then sent it to myself via email. I'll have a proper look at it later on this afternoon, maybe over lunch. And then also, uh, in a case of great timing... The, uh, the postman knocked at the door too before I started writing. So I got a parcel for one of the kids. So I've just taken that up to the, the kids and uh, they're very excited about that. So so just a little flurry of excitement in the Teague household before I set back to my writing again. This is a 1975 chapter. I'm going to keep it lean and mean. Got to keep it about 1,500 words if I can. And you know watch that word. Uh, target again just keep well within my targets I know I keep going on about that but it's really important to stop that word creep and I've really got to discipline myself now so I'm going to try and write shorter rather than longer incidentally I forgot to tell you that I'd finished that last writing stint I said I had 15 minutes to go on the clock so I got those words out in record time let's see if I can do the same with the last chapter of this week Phew, and that is it for another week. I can't believe it feels like five minutes ago that I was saying to you about the daunting prospect of another week of writing and another 15,000 words or so to have to write. So then here I am. It's all done and dusted. So you, you might as well turn up and do the work. It goes fast enough, doesn't it? So I just wrote there. Uh, how many words was that? It was quite a short chapter. 1,497 words. No point uh, pushing it. It actually suits me now. To, to keep the word count slightly lower, to give me more words at the end as we get more exciting. So I've written 4,584 words today. I'm not going to need to write 5,000 words now until the end of this book. Uh, it's going to be about 4,500, certainly no more than 4,750 in a day. And uh, we've reached another milestone in the book because I'm now at 51,110 words, which means I'm more than two-thirds of the way through it. So we're virtually done. I've got five writing days left. That's 15 chapters. So I'm going to write three days next week. Then we're off to Benidorm. And then when I get back from Benidorm, I'll write the last two days worth of chapters and finish the books. Now, quite clearly, if I were to write on Thursday and Friday and then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of next week, I'd have the book finished by the time we go to Benidorm. But I don't want to do that. I don't need to do that. I'm not under pressure of time. This book doesn't have to go to Claire Cronshaw until the 11th of April. So I'm, I'm, I'm way ahead. I've just got loads and loads of time to finish this book and to, you know, to edit it and to get it ready to send to Claire. So I'm in no rush. Uh, I must admit, I've got a little bit of aching in my right arm today. That, that's not, I don't think that's RSI. I think that's because I've been sitting not quite aligned with my screen and my keyboard 
uh, just a little bit of stiffness. Uh, so that will benefit from me not rising for the next two days. I'm going to uh, have a little bit of lunch now. And then I'm going to go and do some of my kind of weights and stretching exercises. And that's one of the reasons that I want to do that exercising, because my arms really don't get much more exercise. They do when I'm running, of course, but they don't really get much stretching and exercise other than me sitting at my desk doing writing. So once again, this is about the healthy author. This is about making sure everything's stretched and you're not just sitting at your desk hunched over writing all the time. So I, I do think it's important to get that, that balance in what we do because we want to be able to do it for years and years and years without any kind of health difficulties i'm feeling really uh, pleased with myself oh i must just tell you one thing by the way as i was writing that chapter i had to refer back to earlier in the book just to check the details this was a continuity thing uh, but basically there's a photograph taken of, of the girls while they're in the the mother and baby home and I just needed to go back to check the details of that. And I'd said something else. It, did, it doesn't really matter what it is, but I, I obviously need to get the story aligned uh, and, and get it right and consistent through the book. And so I'd said something much earlier in the book, which was almost just a throwaway at that stage. It didn't really matter where the photo was taken. But in actual fact, by the time I got to the chapter I've just written, it, it did matter. I'd tied it down. So when I'd finished this chapter, before I recorded this, I went back to the earlier chapter and just rewrote it slightly so that the plot now aligns because uh, as I had it originally they were taking the photo in another girl's room but I needed it to be in the three girls the three main girls room uh, and so I just that was easily done it took a few minutes just to rewrite it but because I was aware that that plot alignment needed to take place I did it there and then rather than wait to the edit because it's quite an important one it was very easy to put right I'm feeling Really pleased that that's the writing done for another week. I now won't, other than um, just checking my planning and making sure I know what I'm writing for the week ahead, I now won't touch this until next Monday when you hear me recording the next of my audio diaries. So now having got the work done for the week at the beginning of the week, going to do some exercises, my wife will be home soon, and then that's the kind of more relaxed part of the week where we do the running and the fun and all of that and I, of course of course I'll always be getting loads of work done uh, marketing and stuff like that but that's the real super concentration bit of the week done so I'm very relieved at that